Hello there and welcome to a very happy edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast. Hi there and welcome to this week's edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Colin Armstrong. And we are all very happy bears this week on the Jersnet Podcast after a tremendous result and a tremendous performance against Celtic yesterday. Rangers won, Celtic now, Ryan Jack with the only goal. And it was uh, it was spectacular. It was a, 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 a brilliant performance, a great result. Puts his level Celtic uh, in the, the, the chase for the title, albeit they have a game in hand and a slightly superior goal difference. But in terms of a statement, you can't get much better and bigger than that. And uh, that's what we'll be looking at most of uh, during the show today. We'll also have a wee look at some of the other stuff that went on yesterday, particularly the nonsense around the minute silence. And we'll also be discussing... Stevie G, we'll do a sort of half-term report on Stevie G and how he's, how he's done since arriving in May. Uh, what has he done well? What's he not done so well? How can he improve things in the future? And where do we go from here? So that's what's coming up tonight on the Jersnet Weekly Podcast. Joining me tonight uh, is Christine Somerville. How are you doing, Christine? I'm really good. Yeah, fine. You happy after that yesterday? Ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> But was, uh, was Santa good to you as well? Did you have a nice Christmas? Very, very quiet Christmas, Colin. But, you know, when you get to my age, you know. <laughs> Does that mean quiet as in just lots of food and lots of drink? Is that what you're saying? Well, no, not not so much in the lots of drink. Certainly lots of food. Um, but there's just, there's, it was just the three of us. It was just me, my sister and my son um, for Christmas dinner. So, you know, it was quiet. But it was nice. Quiet. That Good. was nice. This is the one, the one time my son, you know, comes down and joins me at the table. I well, I'm a bit like that myself. To be honest, I means is sitting in his room as we speak, actually. Uh, so yeah, I that's uh, um, my boy's thirteen, and that's when we're in the house. That's it. You don't see him. You, you can sit for hours and actually wonder if he's in the house. But yeah, I feel your pain in that one. Feel your pain in that one. Uh, also joining us tonight is Stephen Clifford from Four Lads Had a Dream. How are you, Stephen? How did you enjoy yesterday? Um, yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Um, nothing beats that yesterday, and we've had a long time waiting on it. So yeah, pretty delirious today. Even um, I was up with the kids this morning. And my two-year-old said, "Oh, Daddy's in a good mood," so even he knew what was <laughs> happening. So yeah, still feels brilliant. Still feels brilliant. Social media has been very good today. Yeah, yeah. I, I must admit, I kind of deliberately avoided social media yesterday. <laughs> The last two years, the the home games at Ibrox, I've been at all four of them, you know. And every time, and I was I was at the semi final as well when we got beat one nil. I think it was Dembele scored sort of late on. So I think I've been at five old fun games in the last two years. And every every time I get up, I'm excited, I'm positive, you know. I'm out there in social media again. At oh, up here we go, we're on our way, all that stuff. And then we, you know, I've been I've been pumped every time. So I just deliberately avoided social media. All day yesterday, I thought I'm just not getting involved in it. Uh, I just, I was, I was quite tense yesterday. I woke up at half five yesterday, and that was me. I was up for the rest of the day, so avoided social media yesterday. But I've, I've kicked the arse out of the day. If I'm being honest, I've had, I've had some fun on it today. Uh, so we'll go into that first. We'll look at, we'll look at the the Celtic game first. Obviously, a great result uh, for Rangers. One 0 
the performance as well. I mean, we just got right in about them, straight straight for the jugular type performance. You know, never gave Celtic any time to settle, any time to play. It's the kind of performance that we've we've been looking for from Rangers in these games for the last couple of years. They've finally, you know, sort of delivered on it. Stephen C, like I, I don't know how you felt. Me going into the game after the Hibs game, I was I, I felt really apprehensive about it. You know. The, the manner of the performance and the result against Hibs, the way Celtic had pulled the result, you know, kind of out their back hind at Pataudry. I woke up, as I said yesterday, I woke up at half five, was really nervous all the way through, the journey through with me and my boy. I was just like, you know what, son, I think this is going to be the same. I spoke to a few fans yesterday and I kind of got that vibe as well. Is that how you were feeling about it? Yeah, absolutely. I think there was a lot of trepidation yesterday. Um, I go with my wife. That's how we actually met. We met. Um, she sat in the row in front of me, and um, that's how we met. And so we, we we go together. We're quite honest. Didn't expect anything yesterday. Didn't expect anything at all. And we have uh, we've got boys that are one and two. So I, I was up at normal time seven eight yesterday morning, and um, I didn't really give it much thought. You know that it was very low key for me. Um, and you know the boys, uh, Grand came to get the boys and things, and then it was off to the game we went and. Up until that point, I hadn't really given it any thought until we were going in the way to the car, discussing it, and going through back and forth. And obviously, if the problem we've had all season, the second goal syndrome and things like that, I didn't really have a, I didn't really have a doubt in my head that we would score. But the problem was that they would probably score more, and you know we wouldn't take our chances. Um, but when we got there, when we heard the teams, that's when I started to think, yeah, you know what, with with the Kent and. Um, our field back. I thought, you know, God, we, we chance at this. And then I seen their team. I seen that McGregor was at left back, which obviously took massive amounts out of their team as well. And I think from that moment, I wouldn't say that um, I was right up for it and fancied our chances and things, but I was quietly optimistic that if we could pull a performance out of the bag, then um, we would have a wee chance. But I didn't expect, I did not expect that level of performance. I thought we were outstanding. I would, I'm, I, I would sort of say the same, to be honest with you. I was sort of full of trepidation yesterday, as I said uh, earlier. I've got to slightly disagree. My mate texts me the team because I sort of text them about an hour before kickoff saying, oh, I just don't fancy this at all. It feels quite flat here. And he said, oh, have you seen the team? You know, And actually, when I saw Kent's name, I was like, he's not kicked a ball for the last... I know he, he got 45 minutes a couple of weeks ago, but you're like, for the best part, it's six weeks, eight weeks or whatever. He's not kicked a ball. It's a big ask to expect him to come in and, and perform. But fair play to the boy he did. And I think you're right about McGregor. I think McGregor at left back, uh, once Celtic had lined up and I saw where he was playing, I thought, wait, well, that's a bonus. Uh, but don't take anything away for the, the, the performance yesterday. I, I thought I thought Rangers uh, were outstanding. It's the sort of performance, I think, as I said before, we've been crying out from Rangers against Celtic. I think most supporters have said, Press them high. I think Hart showed it when they beat them a few months back. You know that that's a that's a sort of performance that will defeat Celtic. You know, if I think if you sit back and let them play, they'll get through you. Is that how you felt, Christine? That the, the performance the Rangers put in yesterday, the way they set up this high press, the harass and haranguing of that that back three. Scott Brown never got any time to settle on the ball at all. Is that the type of is the only type of performance that was going to beat Celtic yesterday? I think definitely. I think we've all been shouting out for this for you know since before Stephen Gerrard came in. Um, so many times we've sat back and let Scott Brown lord it over us, 
um, strolling about, nobody going anywhere near him. And to be honest, that's exactly what I've been hoping for um, for the last couple of years against them. And we did it yesterday. I have to say that um, I'm usually very optimistic whenever we're playing them. You know, I always think we're going to win. And, you know, that has led to a massive letdown in the last few games. But yesterday, I didn't feel like that, like you. I was full of trepidation. But when I saw the team, I was a wee bit like you, Colin, um, a bit worried that Ryan Kent wouldn't be, you know, fully much fit. But really pleased that our field and Connor Goldson made it. Um, and then once we started, um, we were just totally dominant. And, you know, at half time, I'm thinking to myself, right, well, they're bound to come into it at some point of the game. And hey, they didn't. No. Never came into it at all. Nowhere to be seen. Yep. It was and it was brilliant. <laughs> fantastic. I mean, I think it felt more nervous than it was at the time. You know, when you're in these things, you know, pretty much any time Celtic cross a halfway line, you start kicking mm. yourself a wee bit, you know what I mean? So, you know, with one goal lead going into the last 10 minutes, last 20 minutes even, you know, you start to think, oh God, one's not going to be enough. But I mean, other than, I mean, I, I know McGregor got the, the goal that was chopped off, <laughs> but it was rightly chopped off, you know. Rightly right? so, it was exactly. Yeah, it was, I mean, I don't think there's any debate on that one, uh, but the... The block for Andy Halliday, I think that was vital. But that's about all. That that block with Andy Halliday, that's about all I can remember in the second half. So I think when you look back on it, we retrospect, you're like, well, actually, they never done anything. But at the time, I was kicking it. You know, going into those last 20 minutes, I just thought, oh, no, this is, they're going to come back and do us. You know, even at one stage, I thought, you know something, if they get a goal, they're going to get another. We're going to end up getting beat here. But actually, when you look back on it, retrospectively, they were never in the game at any stage really a really really strong performance for Rangers and a really poor one from Celtic I think well I would like I would like to think it wasn't so much a poor performance from Celtic I just think we never let them play no we didn't no, no? But I'm sure I'm sure if you were looking at it from the other side if it was the other way about you would be looking at your own players and say well you know we never matched it possibly well, well like we did but, like we did at the, the first game I mean it was almost it was almost a replica, wasn't it, of the first team? Um, I know I'm biased. I, I know we're all biased here. We're all, we're, we've all got noses tinged with blue and all the rest of it. There was a guy outside the Copeland Road yesterday when I was leaving the game, and he was talking to his mate, about, and he, he actually said that was a bigger 1-0 humping than they gave, gave us in September. And I would actually agree with that. I know they, they, they played well that day, but I thought we, we had a wee bit about us at certain uh-huh. stages during the game. Yeah. Nothing for Celtic yesterday. Absolutely nothing. So, yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Loved it yesterday. It was superb. Colin, yes. just going to say something on this and um, talking about the game and how the game panned out as well. I don't think Rangers started very well. For the first seven or eight minutes, I thought we were quite tentative. We were quite nervous. And if you remember, um, you were talking about the chances that Celtic had. They actually had a, a really clear chance within the first five minutes. Forrest had a chance. Yeah, and he actually he, he turned Goldson, if I remember correctly, he turned Goldson, and the and the goal opened, and he's kind of just put it. And McGregor palmed it away, and we cleared it. And from that moment on, the ball went out for a shy. Something that people might not have seen. I sit in the GF six, which is um, row so about halfway up, um, Sandy Jard in front, um, almost in line with where the players um, warm up beforehand. So we're right at Tav, 
And basically, that move that came about, the three of them, um, Jack, Arfield and McCrory, they all got past about a, a wee triangle and they all followed the ball and they got done. And that's how they got in. At that moment when that happened, it played out, Tavernier was howling at the pair of, the pair of them, Jack and McCrory. He was going nuts at them. And Arfield was giving them tight as well. And that, it seemed to spark us. I said to the missus as well, I said, did you see that from Tav there? And I, I kind of started to to get it at that point because we looked, I was like, well, if he's shouting and they're roaring and stuff like that, then hopefully they can buck up their ideas. And from that moment on, and I've not really seen it in Tav a lot, but it was like a captain's thing. It was you two, get your finger out in there, don't allow that to happen again. And see, to be honest, apart from that one time, I don't think, Anybody got past them. They're 50-50s. They made everything theirs. Um, and I think that small things happen in games. Sometimes you don't see it in telly and things like that. But I think that was a pivotal moment for us. It was really, from that moment on, we just took control. And they had they had, they had nothing. They had no answer at all. I, I think you're right. I, I, I think Celtic did start slightly sharper, uh, you know, and they were kind of cutting through us a wee bit. And I never saw that. I must be right behind you. And I'm in I'm in the governing rear. Are you in the front? Yeah, but I'm uh, as GF six. So we're we're the front um, front tier of it. But I think it's worth mentioning. I mentioned it on the blog and things like that because people have a go at Tav. Yeah, because he isn't he isn't Alan McGregor. He isn't the one that goes mental. And he, he's more controlled. But Tavernier is hugely respected at Rangers. Massive influence in the dressing room and stuff like that. And I've said this before. I've met the guy before. And he, he he has an aura about him, which is a good captain. I like Tav. I always have. He's not. He's not outstanding. He's not. He's not. You know. He's not best defensively and things like that. But on his game, yesterday, Tav won't get the plaudits for how good he actually was. He had Sinclair in his pocket the whole game, and then Forrest when he had to go at him, he wasn't going anywhere past him either. He was absolutely solid. Tavernier deserves a lot of credit for not only his defence but leading by example as a captain. He gets a lot of stick. It's about time we praise him as well. He was excellent yesterday. Yeah, I totally agree not. with you, Stevie. Sorry, Colin, for interrupting you, you, but just it was exactly what I was thinking throughout the, the game. I thought he's playing a real captain's role today, and I'm not one of these that over, you know, exaggerate the, the importance of of captains. But I thought yesterday, yeah, you're playing a real captain's role, and you're right. Sinclair never had a kick at the ball the whole game. He was just. Absolutely fantastic uh, yesterday was Tav, and he would certainly be in my top three for the team. I, th- I mean, I think you would struggle to get a top three because so many of them performed well. But I, I think what you're saying, Stephen, about Tavernier, I got involved in a, 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 a bit of an exchange with the Loudon Tavern or through the week on, on Twitter because they'd sort of, whoever, whoever runs their, 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 their Twitter account, I'd sort of put Tav is up there, and I'd say, really, I'm not so sure, and I'm I'm not convinced by Tavernier. I must admit, defensively, I, I think he can be suspect going forward. I don't think he offers as much as he used to. He used to, you know, free kicks and corners, and the balls into the box were always fairly high, high quality. A question that he took one corner kick yesterday, and it was shocking. But his overall performance yesterday, particularly defensively, I agree with both these was was top scale. It was, I think him, Arfield, McCrory, Halliday, all these boys, you know, some of them have been there when we took proper pumpings off Celtic, you know, they deserve a lot of credit for their performance yesterday because every one of them, a man, was uh, was outstanding, you know, and Tav is one of them. Arfield, I mean, Stephen, 
Arfield yesterday. What can you say about him? For years, we have been too nice. We have, you know, we've been laughing and joking, McCulloch, on the way off the pitch and stuff when we're getting beat. And we've been all nice. Everybody wanted to be friends. And yesterday, it was just, it was just, it was like somebody had went into my mind and read my thoughts of what, how would you want your players to react and behave towards them and it's just treat them with the absolute contempt that they've treated us. Scotty Arfield just epitomised everything that we'd done yesterday and there was one bit in particular that I'm going to focus on and everybody will remember it was a 50-50. It was a drop ball. Rangers led yeah. 1-0 at a time. Um, I don't. I can't remember why it got stopped. Um, I must have been singing or making gestures. Or I don't know. can't remember. <laughs> anyway, um, Morelos had played it out and Celtic had the ball back near the shy, and Boyata was having a right go at him, and Brown was like, no, we want to contest this. And we Arfield just was like, right then, and he, he pulled up his shots, and um, he was kind of, it was like a wee boxer dance, and as soon as the ball dropped, he booted it. And the best thing about it was as well, maybe didn't need it because Arfield won it, but Candace was right there to back him up, and that summed us up yesterday. Every time somebody was in trouble, there was somebody there to back him up. There was a time where Halliday was, was struggling on the left. Ryan Jack took the ball out for a corner. Worrell, when he was one-on-one with Forrest, Halliday was back backing him up. And Worrell made the slide tackle, but he hadn't got there. Halliday was getting there. Yesterday, Arfield dropped ball 50-50. And there was Candace behind him. Equally, any time that we were maybe losing a wee 50-50 in midfield or something was happening, Ross McCrory was there. It was almost... It was just brilliant. And not only that, we let them know about it. Arfield, hands above his head in front of Brown, like he did to Duth. Um, Morelos getting stuck into um, Ralston when he came on. A lot of stuff you maybe not see off the ball. Um, the one where Arfield tried to pelt the ball at Brown at the end was brilliant as well. They were all giving him it tight and they hated it. Boyata, um, Morelos, every time he went near him, you could see him muttering stuff and he didn't like it. And... Um, it was great. They just they, they have lorded it over us for years. They really have. They've rubbed their nose in it. I remember, you know, they've gubbed us 5-1 at home and everything. And they stood in front of right where I sit and they, they celebrated in front of us. Brown's made faces at us. He's, he's, they, they wiped their nose in the corner flag and everything yesterday. And it was almost like every bit of contempt they'd treated, it was read out to them in the dressing room and they said to them, go and treat them exactly how they treat you. And it was almost like we needed that. We needed to almost come down to their level of kind of gut-wrenching hatred to, to be able to do that yesterday. And that's exactly what I want from my Rangers team. I don't want them to be pals with them. We don't like them. They don't like us, and that's absolutely fine. They're our rivals. So see when it comes to 90 minutes like yesterday, get stuck in every 50-50, make it your own, and treat them exactly the same way that they treat you. Yesterday was brilliant. Every single thing about it, magnificent. I would absolutely echo that. I, I, I do think we've been too friendly and too nice at times, you know. And uh, as you say yesterday, I, th- I think everybody, I think every single player in that team, bar Al McGregor, had a pop at Brown when they had the opportunity to do it. And I think that's it's brilliant. For years, we've sat back. We have everybody's been. Why do we allow him the freedom of the park? Nobody's got near him. And yesterday. How many times did he play the ball out of the park in this time? When I nobody know. was near him, we just hounded him. He's, he's such a poor player. Panicked, panicked, because he never had the space, he never had the time. We were on him. Also worth mentioning that Lustig, 
you know, with his polis hat and all the rest of it. He took the easy option out yesterday. Oh, rubbed his wee thigh at half time, get me off because I'm not liking this very much. No, I think I think a few Celtic players were showing up yesterday because for the first time, as you say, the the sort of disdain that they hold does it. The, the biggest regret of mine is that Griffiths wasn't there because that would have made it even more special. You know what I mean? If they, His time will come. I, well, it maybe won't actually. <laughs> you know, based on if if, if the rumours about what's going on in his life are true, he might not play football again. I don't know, but I would have loved him to be there because he's one of the main sort of protagonists and all this. You know what I mean? The, the thing about Lustig is as well. Lustig is such an average player, and he's hung on the back of being in a better side. And they have had a good side the last couple of years. I'm not going to sit here, and they're, they're still a good side. So not arrogant enough to say that. But what I will say is he's hung in their coattails and yesterday, what I loved about it, put it up in the blog today as well, Andy Howdy clattered him. He won a header and he clattered him and he stood over and gave him pelters. You actually see him physically leaning over shouting at him and I would love to think that Andy Howdy was saying that's for your policeman nonsense that you come out with. And every he's, he's been, he's actually made a mockery of us and he's such a rubbish player. It's like having, you know, like one of it was like having Stally Stain's ass, you know, from but that's the kind of fullback yeah. he is. He's absolutely grim and he lives off of, of, of beating us. And yesterday, you're right, he could he hated that. We Ryan Kent had him all day and Halliday right behind him giving him a clattering when I needed when they needed it. And that that, that that was lovely. That for me, standing over giving them it tight. That's exactly what I want. That was brilliant. Christine. Uh, well, I was just wondering if you got you guys had seen the the hips hearts game because uh, Griffiths was at that one. Was he? Aye, he was sitting in the, the crowd and his team get beat as well. So oh, it's not been a good not been a good month for uh, poor old Lee, has it? Well, I'm surprised he wasn't in the bookies, to be honest with you. <laughs> well he probably went at half time. <laughs> I done in a concourse. You get poorer rods in a concourse, so you're better going to the shop or or so gamblers telling me that's what they tell me. We'll we'll go on to Ryan Jack, you know, a lot a lot of uh, I think Ryan Jack's one of these guys that has shown on on a few occasions that he has the potential to be an absolute star for Rangers, but the performances have sort of been offset by, you know, injuries, you know, he's, he misses games. And the odd occasion, he just looks, I don't know, he, he just doesn't perform. But yesterday, you know, Rangers fan, dream move coming to Rangers, he's been here 18 months. Christine, how must he have felt scoring that goal? I know how I would have felt if it was me scoring at, at the beginning. You know, I, I just felt so tough for him. Well, I, I did as well. I was so happy for him um, because he's. there's been a couple of occasions where he's in previous games I've thought, have a shot, Ryan. And he's never, it's almost as if he wants to pass it to somebody else because he hasn't got confidence that, you know, he can do it. So I'm hoping that, you know, Yesterday's goal might give him some of that confidence to, to have a go a wee bit more. Um, I know he's ultimately his, his role as a as a defensive midfielder, um, and I think he's excellent at that. But I think he's always, you know, his passing's good, and um, he get in the box. I mean, there was a, another one where he, he had the chance and they got and save it. I'm trying to think um, in the second half. Yeah, to, to, and, to, to be fair to Gordon, that was some save. You know, uh, if, if, if Jack got a, a wee bit more power in it and just put it maybe yep. a half foot further, yep. I think it was away, but it was still some safety, Gordon. I think you've got to give him that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, I, I love Brian Jack. I really do. I think he's been really unlucky with injuries. He's been really unlucky with some referees who have sent him off for, you know, is it two of his red cards were rescinded? Yeah. It's, it's just nonsense. Um, so really, really happy for him yesterday. And I think he was absolutely loving it. Oh, I think he was. But we all were, Christine. Yeah, we were. Uh, I, I've got to give a special mention to Ross, who sits behind me in the governor year. He's 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 been quite vocal about, about Ryan Jack and in terms of he doesn't think he's good enough for Rangers. So when that ball hit the net yesterday, uh, it, it was taking a wee bit of stick. So big shout to Ross, who loves Ryan Jack. Uh, also worth a special mention. I mean, the boy was brought up. In, in the in the shadow Ivox Park, but brought up in Copeland Road, been a supporter of the club all his life. You know, when he signed for Rangers we were all chuffed, one of our own and all the rest there. And then it all went a wee bit sour for him. And then, you know, that semi final against Celtic, he got taken off. And in the game last season at Celtic Park, you know, Forrest gave him a bit of a doing and it was a bit of a hard day for him. I mean guys, Andy Halliday, what can we say about him? how good was that to see it? Andy Halliday. I, don't, I can't think of a boy more deserving of a day like that than Andy Halliday. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, he actually, when, when I was with the RST, we decided to sponsor a player with um, some of the commission that we got from um, being lotto agents and um, he was he was the player that we, we managed to get the sponsorship for his first season or two. Um and it was it was just absolutely so nice for him, given all he's been through, um, you know, away to Azerbaijan and, and all kinds of things. And, you know, he never moans about it. He just worked hard and he's now got his chance. And to be fair, I don't think Andy's ever going to be first, first pick. Um, you know, let's face it, and at left back... Obviously, Barisic is his first, first pick. First choice, yeah. In midfield, I don't know whether Andy would get in there, but what a player to have at your disposal. I've got to say, on his performance yesterday, and I thought he played really well against Hibs as well, but it, when he puts in a top performance, you actually do say to yourself, well, maybe he is worth an extended run in the team. But I, I was genuinely, I think, one of the, the, the best images yesterday was Steven Gerrard standing at the side of the pitch waiting on him. And embracing them, and then to to top that off, I mean, to hear Brandy Halliday, it must have been great to hear Gerard call Halliday his unofficial captain. You know, I, I I just honestly I felt so chuffed for the lad yesterday because as we've discussed, he's been through he's been through the Mill Rangers. You know, he's been up there, down there, and at times it looked like he never had a future with the club. And he, to be part of that yesterday, how I mean, how must he feel? It must just be tremendous, Stephen. Aye, I mean, do you know what? Sorry, I was caught in a wee daze there just thinking about it all. <laughs> um, do you know... It, you watching that funny. again on Sky Plus? Is that what you're doing? No, I was caught in a wee kind of love man moment for Andy Halliday there because <laughs> I was think I was thinking about what you said as well. I want to say something about Ryan Jack because we were talking about that and I didn't have a chance to say it, but Ryan Jack, for me, Ryan Jack's better when he's not the destroyer of the team. Koulibaly, when he first came into the team, played as the, the point man in the in the in the four one four one formation. So he destroyed and broke up everything. And Jack had a wee bit more freedom. Yesterday McCrory was the same. 
and the game before when um, at Hibs when Jack was decent as well. It allows J- Jack for me is better when he's pressing. See when he has to go and press the game, he doesn't break it up particularly well in my opinion. I think that McCrory does that better. He kind of destroys the game and plays a simple pass. I think that Ryan Jack's actually a better footballer than we give him credit for in that um, he's, he's very good passing and things like that. And if he starts to believe in himself a wee bit more, it's a bit like the Barry Ferguson syndrome when he didn't really shoot when he first came into the team either. But Jack had an effort against Hibs, which the boy tipped over the bar. He scored yesterday and he almost scored a second where Gordon was, was a magnificent save, to be fair. Um, but I, I think that Jack, maybe if he believes in himself, has a wee bit more of a licence. He's better at going forward than, than we actually think he might be. Um, and on to, I mean, obviously, on to the man in the moment, like Mr Halliday, what can you say? Living the dream for all of us, I think, for Andy. Um, and he summed it up, his, his interview was brilliant. He said that nobody has his mental strength. And he's right. He's absolutely right. He's been written off by everyone. He's had. He's been mocked. He's had his name chanted. He's been substituted. He's been sent away. He's came back. And, and the only constant for Andy Halliday is his love for the club. We've written him off. We've said he's getting transferred. He's been in the papers getting transferred. He's everything thrown at him. And even his own fans. And listen, we've all given him stick. I think that's fair. I think he'd be probably say that he would deserve it as well because of the standards that he holds himself to. But Andy Halliday has just been magnificent. That was as best a left-back performance or as good a left-back performance that I've seen against Celtic in a very long time. And he set the tone two minutes in for the whole Rangers team. Um, there was a 60-40 in favour of Cham and he made it his. And not only did he make it his, but he made sure he clattered him at the same time. And it just he never kicked the ball after that. And he was the same with Lustig, that header, he won the header and then shouting over him. It just, it just, that's what I want. I want that desire, I want that heart, I want that belief. And it was no coincidence yesterday that our team had Halliday at left back, the midfield three, Arfield, Jack, McCrory, all Rangers boys, all know what it's all about and that is the engine of our team. And the whole team getting driven on by him at left back, he deserves all the credit in the world. I apologise to Andy Halliday, I really do, because I'd written him off. Not Rangers class, not good enough. And do you know what? I hold my hands up. I apologise. He rammed the, the words right down my throat and he has done all season, to be fair to him. And he held, he deserves to be a Rangers player. He deserves to be in the squad and he deserves all the plaudits that Stephen Gerrard has given him. He deserves all the plaudits today from the fans and he deserves that yesterday. Well done, son. That's all I've got to say about that. Yeah, I would second that. You know what made it even better? I don't know if you noticed the, the 750 in the corner when they were reading out the team yesterday they were reading out the Rangers team they were sarcastically charging, uh, uh, cheering sorry, every name and the, the one that got the biggest cheer was Andy Halliday they, they all started going after not when Andy Halliday's name got mentioned so he's proved us all wrong I think Stephen especially that shower in the corner yesterday uh, uh, but, uh, yeah you're totally, I mean, you're totally right but that only, that only he's got the kind of character you could see it by looking at him a steely determination That'll only fuel him. And everything that he's come back for today, uh, everything that he's come back for, sorry, in, in his career at Rangers, um, to have that yesterday, them cheering him won't make the slightest bit of difference. It'll only fuel his fire. And he's just, do you know what? As I said, he deserves every single credit. And as for Barisic coming back into the team, Barisic doesn't need to be rushed back into the team. We have a break anyway, but Andy Haldes is our left back until Barisic can prove 
that he's fit and he can come into the team. Everything about Andy Halliday has improved tenfold. His delivery, his tackling, his determination, everything. He's just, it's just flooding out of him at the moment. And yeah, I may be gushing a wee bit over Andy because he's one of our own and that's fine. And I, I feel a wee bit because of this, the stuff that, that, that's been kind of labelled at him. But he deserves it. He deserves his moment and he deserves to have a good new year and enjoy the fact that he, he's no longer a kind of laughing stock the Rangers team. He's, he's one of the main men that we have. Donnie's calling. I've done Sorry. it again. Um, I was uh, just about holiday yesterday's final thing is I thought some of the corners you put in were really, really excellent. Um, I mean, he was taking them all um, after Tav made a, a bit of a mess of the, the first one, but I thought he, he put in some really, really excellent corners yesterday. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, in terms of Tav, I think it's maybe time he took a wee break from the from the, the set pieces in general, but I, I, I think I don't think we can say any more about Andy Halliday. I mean, as I said, he's he's been written off so many times, and to come back, I mean, when you think about that five nothing uh, defeat last season, and when, when when they won the title, and, and and Andy was at left back that day, you know, a lot of people wouldn't come back for that. You know, what I mean, when you consider the stick that he gets, there was one incident in that game at Celtic Park. I think, again, this shows his mental strength. The ball went out for a throw-in, and he went out to get the ball, and he had to go right up close to the Celtic fans, and they're all leaning over him, giving him stick. And he just picked the ball up and sort of bounced on the ledge of the wall and sort of stared at one of the main guys that was giving him the abuse as if, you know, I'm here. And I think we kind of maybe, you know, there was maybe a sign there about his mental strength because, you know, a lot of players would just take the ball and move away, you know, think, right, I'm not getting involved in that. But Andy Halliday sort of stared the boy in the face as if, what, what are you going to do? You know, he was on the losing team that day. You know, we took a bit of doing that day. That's kind of the point and what I'm trying to say about Halliday is he's, he's not scared. You know, he'll do whatever it takes to, to, to get in that Rangers team. And Did you see Did you see Halliday training with uh, Carol Frampton a few weeks ago when, when Frampton was at the Hummel Training Centre? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had the, the punch bag and Halliday registered over 900. That, for any boxer, is a hard hit. So I don't, I mean, I don't think Andy Halliday is bothered by anything or anyone that they have to get. I think Andy Halliday can look after himself. I think we've got a tough boy there. So um, I've got no fears about Andy Halliday, to be honest. I think that, yeah, I think he'd fancy his chances even against their whole main stand, to be honest. <laughs> in, t- in terms of where we go from here, obviously there's the, we're going into the winter break now, there's two or three weeks. We've got a wee friendly against Helsinki, I think it is. And then we come back uh, against Cowden Beast. But in terms of league duty, it's Kilmarnock at the end of January. We've got to the end of the, 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 the first half of the season. We're leveling points with Celtic. Okay, Celtic have a game in hand. In terms of a statement, Christine, where does yesterday's result leave us? And where do we go from here? Do we need to do some decent business in January? Ooh, that's a, a difficult one. I, I do think we definitely need to strengthen certain areas of the the park, I mean, I think we're relying on Morelis far too much. Um, Lafferty, I'm not convinced, can play the same role as Morelis. Um, and probably a few kind of attacking, more attack-minded midfielders, although I don't know where Dorans is. I don't know where Jamie Murphy is in terms of... I know Dorans was on the park at the end of the game yesterday. 
Um, so hopefully he's not very far away. So it's difficult to say. I mean, I think everybody's expecting us to bring in a couple of really key players. Um, it, it's hard to know. I mean, going by yesterday, if we could play like that every game, we wouldn't need anybody else. But we don't. And we've got a, quite a tough schedule. I think we've got Kilmarnock away. We've got Livingston away, which really shouldn't be a problem, but it was the last time. Um, and we've got Aberdeen away. So I, th- I think we will probably bring in a couple of players. But I'm saying that without any knowledge whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen? I think the important thing is that um, yesterday doesn't disguise where we are. Um, yeah, fantastic performance, fantastic result, but let's not let it cloud what we have been missing in the month of December. We need quality, we need additions, uh, we don't need like the summer where we needed 15 players in. I think that was key. And you look at the 15 players, and it's all right, I mean, there's a lot of over exaggeration when we don't win or we draw or whatever. And you know, all of a sudden, Stephen Gerrard's not a good manager, and all his signings are poor. And that's nonsense, to be honest. The signings have been okay. Some will need other longer than others, you know, the likes of um, Gresda and things like that. But what we need is we need a, a number 10. Um, we need somebody that can... can. Yesterday's all right against a team that will come out and play um, and don't have a low block in front of their goal. But when we, we've got a game, as we've seen, like the Hibs who sit all behind the ball or the likes of Hamilton, uh, the 1-0 game at Ibrox, that, that just will part the bus. We need somebody with a wee bit of quality. Um, Christine mentioned Dorans here. Dorans is well ahead of schedule. He's due back at the end of January. So he's cut it's at least six weeks off his time of coming back. Murphy was out for the season, but they reckon that he'll maybe make the end of April, start of May. So Dorans would be a huge plus, but Dorans is going to take a while to get up to speed and things like that. But he has the key ability to pass and open up a defence, as we've seen out in Spain with Villarreal. Um, but what we need, we need a number 10. I think that's clear. Um, I'd also think that we need another striker, and I would be very surprised if we're not looking to replace Morelos in the, in the long run. Because I think we know that, um, I don't think Alfie will go in January, but I think he's definitely going to go in the summer. Yeah. And he's he's a key for us. He's he's a big money departure that will fund the club going forward. I think we all know that's the plan. We buy low, we sell big. Um, and we don't have too many assets at the moment that we can do that with. Maybe Tavernier um, is, is the other one, but you're taking so much out of your team if you get rid of him as well. And I don't think... I think yesterday changes things slightly. I think if we got beat yesterday and we're looking at maybe six points behind, possibly nine with a game in hand, more likely nine, then Rangers might have wheeled and dealed in January from the point of view is, see if they got a bid for Tav, maybe six, seven million, they might have said, right, okay, we'll reinvest that going forward. But I don't think now they'll be willing to sell. And I think the loans, the, the sorry, the deals they bring in in January might be kind of more loan structures. If the, there's there's not really a transfer fund for, for um, Gerard, it's more of a case of if he goes to the board and say, I really need this player, He's worth two, three million pounds. I really need him. He's the difference. Then the bond, the, the, it's up to the board to, to fund that. So it's, it's a different kind of scenario in that point of view. But I think we'll do business. I think you might see three coming in, um, a number 10, a striker, and then possibly 
I think it depends on who else goes out. I think they'll be looking to put Rossiter out and stuff like that. So we're going to see what happens in January. But um, I think key to if I was only allowed to choose one position, I think key is a number 10 attacking midfielder because we need somebody with a wee bit of guile. We need somebody with a wee bit of flair that can open up a game because yesterday, great, you know, um, even Hearts games and things, when teams come out and try and have a, a go as it really suits us. But against a low block, Hamilton, Dundees, etc., we can't, we look very ordinary, we know that. So we shouldn't let yesterday's result overshadow the kind of problems in the team, and that is we need somebody um, like the number 10 we've discussed. Right, moving on to the next topic for tonight's pod. There was uh, a, a little incident before yesterday's game, which I don't think reflected too well uh, on both sides. So we're going to have a wee look at that. Uh, obviously, yesterday before the game, there was a minute silence to remember the victims of uh, the, the Ibrox disaster. Apologies, in 1971, where 66 Rangers fans uh, lost their lives on Stairway 13. Now, the first inkling, now there's, there's been previous on this, I, I remember the Celtic fans sort of spoiled the, the, the minute silence in the 20th anniversary, I think it was 1991, they sort of sang their way through that. Then at the 40th anniversary, there was accusations that they'd coughed their way through the, the minute silence. Uh, and that, that created a bit of controversy. The first inkling I got there was going to be an issue this time around was when Celtic announced it on Twitter. And it, 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 there was a sort of coldness to the tweet. It just sort of said, Celtic have been informed there will be a minute silence uh, before the game on Saturday. Which I found, you know, it was almost as if, well, we didn't know this was going to happen. I mean, when Rangers always have a minute silence at, at the fixture closest to the, the date of the disaster. So I found that a bit distasteful. When the teams came out yesterday, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't want to look like it was me that's been paranoid. But it seemed to me that Celtic's huddle, when Rangers were waiting to start the minute silence, the Celtic huddle went on for a long, long time. And it just seemed to be a sort of extended huddle and a, a sort of two-fingered salute to us. I don't know. Then Craig Gordon seemed he deemed it appropriate to, to go and get a drink before the minute silence began. So he wasn't even in position when the minute silence started. He was still jogging back up to the, the, the centre circle. And then it started in the corner with the, the, the coffin. You know, they were deliberately sort of coughing in a, in a way that sort of says we're not breaking the minute silence, but actually we are. That provoked some Rangers supporters to react and the whole thing descended into farce. Referee chucked it after 30 seconds. And, it, you know, what kind of society do we live in when, you know, people kind of keep quiet for a minute to remember people from a, a, a disaster? Christine, the extended huddle, is that how it felt to you? That's how it felt to me? Um, Seemed to go on for uh, a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know whether it's something that they, you know, if they were wanting to do it, they should have done it after. The silence, rather than rather than before. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure. I never, I never particularly noticed. I noticed they were doing it while our players were all lined up for the silence, and I thought, well, that's really a wee bit off. And Craig Gordon, if he went for a drink, then that's just complete disrespect, isn't it? Why would he need a drink when he hadn't even <laughs> exerted himself? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just one of these things. I mean, obviously, 2nd of January 71, um, I may be the only one on the pod that was actually alive 
um, when 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 that day happened, and I can remember it vividly. It was before um, it was just before I started going to games actually, um, and <clears throat> I can remember going absolutely mental when Colin Steen scored the you know the equaliser, and <sighs> I remember being in my house. And we were all kind of, you know, quite happy we'd got a draw. And um, the news came on and it was a picture of Ibrox that was the, the headline. And it was three, started off three people had died. And it was like, oh, my God. And then as the night went on, it became more and more. Um, I just, you know, I, I just remember it so vividly. And, um, you know, the, the following couple of weeks as well was was just heartbreaking so for anybody who was alive that remembered that um to try and disrespect it in any way is is just shocking our supporters inverted commas really um who shouted out you know were probably equally as bad um I, I just find it quite sad that's that's the, the feeling I had. Just sad that it had to be cut short. Stephen, where you were, uh, certainly where I was from. I mean, I was I was feeling tense going into it. I thought basically because you know social media, you sort of you sense the mood. You know, you see the odd tweet from Celtic fans sort of complaining that there's going to be a, a minute silence. The coldness, as I said, I, I thought the tweet that came out from Celtic was pretty cold you know the way it was worded it was just it was almost like oh we've been told this and this is what we'll need to do and you know this is from a club who brought up brought out a special edition of the celtic view to to commemorate the hillsborough disaster now the ibrooks disaster was a disaster that their team were directly involved in okay none of their supporters were the victims of it but they they played that they were there that day you know, and they seem to treat this thing with utter disdain. Craig Gordon, I don't care what anyone says, the huddle thing's up for debate. I think it was extended. I've never seen it go on that long before, and it felt deliberate. Craig Gordon came back to get a drink and then casually sort of jogging up as the minute silence starts. That's also a sign of sort of disrespect. And then the coffin, you know, this sort of sneaky, oh, we've never done anything. I've just got a cold, cough, cough, that kind of thing. That provoked the whole thing, in my opinion, no? Well, Colin, I'm going to be quite blunt here, but what more do you expect from a pig but a grunt? We know. We were there. We heard the coffin. They've done it before and they'll do it again, but this is the same club yesterday that wouldn't even wear black armbands. Yeah, there was also that. Listen, I don't think it's even worth wasting our time talking about them. We know what kind of club they are. We know all about them. Um, and they hate us. They treat us with absolute disdain. And yesterday they got a wee taste of what's going to come from now on. Listen, what they did yesterday, we know fine. There's a, it'll not get picked up because nobody's brave enough to challenge it. It's not the first time we've done it and it won't be the last. They're a horrible football club. To be fair, I think in the 40th anniversary, the only one I can remember picking up on it was Bill Lecky. And he got derided for it. You know, he, he got sort of hung to dry for it, uh, hung out to dry, sorry for it. Which is, is exactly why nobody's will be brave enough to, you know what their PR team's like, so nobody will pick it up, but we were there, Colin, I was, you know, as we've already said, I'm almost at the same sort of level as you with regards to where we are in the stadium, albeit you in the rear, I'm in the front, and 
I could hear it. I actually looked over at them because it was so blatant. Um, Craig Gordon stuff was ridiculous, but that's fat, that part of that's on the referee as well. He should have waited until they were all there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing, coordinated, not wearing black armbands, all the coughing in the corner, as I said, they are what they are. That said, Stephen, some of our own broke ranks and took the opportunity to, you know, uh, voice their disapproval. Now, I, I understand where the, the, the frustration and the anger is coming from, but surely... It's a minute silence at the end of the day. You're respecting people who are sadly no longer with us. You keep your mouth shut for 60 seconds and then the minute the referee blows a whistle, by the end of that minute silence, then you have a go, surely. The, the, the Rangers supporters who broke rank yesterday and shouted back, as far as I'm concerned, they're as big a disgrace as that, that mob in the corner yesterday. Yeah, sadly I have to agree with you. Let everybody down, let the club down, um, let yourself down. I'd like to think the people around them told them that as well. It's unacceptable. Just keep your mouth shut and um, be dignified and remember um, those, our own, that didn't make it home. Christine, how did you feel? Was there anyone near you who shouted? There was a guy three rows in front of me roared during it and you just thought, why did you do that? No, everybody, everybody around me, um, you know, impeccably observed it. And just to, you know, put a wee kind of bit of humour into it um, at least they were silent for 90 minutes afterwards um, <laughs> that, that, that is that yeah aye well I suppose that they gave us a 90 minute silence I suppose because you really didn't hear them yesterday you know that, 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 that's the loudest they were all day was during that 30 seconds I just find it really sad that in this day and age a referee's having to cut short a minute silence you know because it's descending into farce and I know it started for them and, and it comes for the club, you know, that, as I said, from the tweet to the, the extended huddle and just the whole thing about how Celtic set up yesterday to, to deal with that minute silence reeked of, we don't respect us. And that sets the tone, you know, to me, that says to the supporters, by the way, this is fair game, battering. And they did. They battered in, which is really disappointing. You know, in this day and age, that's really disappointing. But I find it more disappointing that some of our own took the opportunity you know, to have a crack back during that 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 sort of thirty second window, and then the referee has he had no choice. It was descending into total farce, in my opinion, and he had to blow the whistle. He just thought, right, enough's enough. Let's just call it quits here. I just find that really sad in this day and age. It is really sad, um, but you know, they're a club without class. They really are. I mean, they've proved it time and time again. They've just got no kind of dignity about them whatsoever. And just a, f- I don't know whether you're winding this one up, um, Colin, but um, I'd just like to say that I thought the referee actually had a quite a good game yesterday. Um, well, he let a few things go, and I think yeah. it maybe benefited us a wee bit yesterday, but I think he got a couple of things wrong, but overall, and I think as Stephen rightly pointed out, as much as I'm having a go at Craig Gordon, with a certain amount of justification, I think Stephen's got a point in saying part of that's the referee. He has to make sure everybody's in place. But that said, why did Craig Gordon, after the huddle, feel the need to run 30 yards back to his goal when he knew there was going to be a minute silence? You know what I mean? That's that's what sort of grates for me. You know, anybody other than something totally unacceptable, you know, anyone asked me to stay silent for 60 seconds to respect something, I would do it. 
you know, for 66 Celtic fans that had died in 1971, if there was a minute silence for the victims of that yesterday, I would have stayed quiet. What's Absolutely. wrong with it? You know, how can people not just do it? It's not, it's not a big ask at the end of the day. Uh, and I, I, it just infuriates me and it puzzles me and I don't get it. I just, I don't get it whatsoever. And I think it speaks volumes about the general relations between Rangers and Celtic at the moment. I think they're probably the poorest I've been in a number of years. I think a lot of it comes from the East End of Glasgow. I think they have a real dislike for us at the moment. I think there's always been a rivalry between the two clubs, but there was always a wee bit of respect, certainly in my lifetime anyway, but I think over the last 10 years, certainly since 2012 anyway, it has I think it's got pretty bad, uh, and I think that, that, that you saw that yesterday and, and how Celtic set up, as, as you said, no black armbands a, a feeling of, do we have to do this? I think it was really poor Agreed, but expected Stephen? In terms of the relations of the two clubs, where do you think we are? Exactly where we should be. Don't want anything to do with them, and they don't want anything to do with us, so that's fine. I'm glad that our club have no longer tried to, to make friends with them and build bridges, because that's what we tried to do when we came back up to the league, and they treated us with the same disdain that we're giving them now. Um, make no mistakes, Colin. Let's, let's put it right here on the table. They tried to bury us. Um, they kicked us several times when they were down and th their fans still go on and still come after us, their blogs and um, things that they've done. Um, so I'm not interested in them. I'm not interested in being their pals. I'm not interested in having anything to do with them, relationships going on. As far as I'm concerned, going forward, we treat them on the pitch exactly the way we did yesterday and off it, we have nothing to do with them. Right, moving on to the final topic for tonight's pod. Uh, we'll have a wee half-term report on Stevie G. Uh, now, I've I've heard a lot of stuff recently, particularly after the Hibs result, you know, you started to get a wee tweak that, you know, Stevie must go, Gerald out, all that sort of stuff. I think that's very unfair to say the least. I think there are issues in, in some of the performances, but I think overall he has us going in the, the right way. And I think the type of appointment that he was, guys, I don't know if you agree with me, in terms of an appointment, it was the right type of appointment in terms of the stature of his name, you know, and what he brought to the club. All of a sudden, instead of Marty, with the best world in the world to Marty or somebody like Pedro, you know, Pedro goes to somebody, Marty goes to somebody, you're going to sign for us, don't know. Stephen Gerrard knocks on your door, you know, surely that's, that's, that's different gravy altogether, is it not? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I think you're saying what has he brought to us? He's brought his name. His reputation, he's, you know, he's just a superstar. And, um, you know, I can't understand. Uh, going back from the Hibs game, I heard um, Super Scoreboard and the first two callers were saying he had to go. And I'm saying, yeah. you are not Rangers supporters. You are not, never Rangers supporters in all your life. Um, I don't know any Rangers supporters that doesn't love Stevie G, I have to say. Um, I'm madly in love with him. And, you know, <laughs> I've, heard, I've, I've heard he's got this, some model wife, but, you know, she must have some faults. Um, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Um, well, I'll tell you what, we'll come, to, we'll come to a deal, Christine. If you take Stevie G, I'll, I'll take Alex. I'll take his missus. Right, well, that right. sounds fair. I don't know what, I don't know what uh, Mr and Mrs Gerard would think of that. 
Ah, but fine. Hey ho, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> but no, seriously, he um, he's just he's put us on the map again. I think um, he's widened probably our support. I don't mean our core support, you know, but there's a lot of people now interested in how Rangers are doing because CVG is there. Yeah, but I absolutely agree with that. And don't get me wrong, I, I've. I, I've not seen the full uh, documentary. You know the one he done about his time at Liverpool, uh, make his dream. Uh, it's, it's popped up on YouTube recently. I saw the first two installments, and I find him a fascinating character because not only is he very determined in what he does, but he has that wee chink, a self doubt, you know, that makes him human. Uh, and without going too deep into it, it seems to me that he's been down some. You know, in his own head, down some dark roads, you know, when things haven't been going well at Liverpool, he was thinking about signing for Chelsea, and, you know, and then he, you know, he wanted to stay because it was his hometown club, but that came at, at a cost because he never he never won a Premier League title, you know, so when when he talks about this in that, in that documentary, Make His Dream, you, you find him such a personable guy, I think, he's, he's so honest, so open, and quite humble. But puts, you know, really puts pressure on himself to succeed, and I think that comes at a cost sometimes, you know, within himself. But I, I can't help but like the guy. I just every time he opens his mouth, I don't think he's got everything right at Rangers, but every time he opens his mouth, there's 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 not been any time I, I think I found myself going, no, he's talking rubbish there. You know what I mean? Every time he speaks, I listen, and I've I've just got. A huge amount of respect for the guy. Stephen, what about you? How are you feeling with regards to the first sort of term of Stevie G? I, I'm, I can't believe you're asking me this. I, th- I thought that my man love for Stevie G was quite well known. Um, well, I've got you for all the minutes, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, listen, for me, he's everything that a Rangers manager should be. Um, and I think he gets it. Um, something that happened yesterday, I want to just quickly mention as well, that um, when the Celtic players were coming off the pitch, Stephen Gerrard at the end of every single game this year has stood and shook every opponent's hand. At Celtic Park back in September, they were away doing the lap of honour and they made a bit of a fool of them. Yesterday when they were coming off, he turned his back to them and he didn't even offer them his hand. Stephen Gerrard gets it. He gets it for me. He's got stature. He, he's got respect. And not only that, and Sunis said a bit of this, um, I always remember as a, a young boy, kind of growing up with, with Sunis, that you actually feared Sunis a wee bit because he had a, a stature and a presence about him. I think Gerard's got the exact same thing. He doesn't take any nonsense in the press room. He doesn't take anything on the training ground from anyone. And in six months, Rangers have went from a club that were in disarray under Graham Murray, who couldn't have a press conference because he was nearly in tears, to being a well-oiled machine. We no longer leak. Everybody's pulling in the right direction. There's there's none of the stuff that happened before is happening now. You don't get any team news. You don't get signing news. Um, everybody is, is all pulling exactly where we should be. And it all comes from the very first day Gerald set the standards. He went round every single person at, at the club. He went to Ibrox. He went to the training ground. The ticket office. He met everybody, and he, he he made them believe in his vision. 
and and he is he is the man to take us to fifty five. It might take a few years. I think we all know it's a work in progress, but I have absolutely no doubts that he's a man to take us to where we need to be, and we just need to have patience and we need to allow him to do that because he's he's a winner. He's as I said, he's everything that I want in a Rangers manager. Christine, I don't know if you read there was a really really good interview. Uh, in the Telegraph on Friday, I believe uh, it was an interview with Jamie Carragher, and one of one of the things Stevie G mentioned was the the hardest thing he's found about the transition between being a, a player and a manager is being a manager. He, he, he never switches off. You know, he, he sort of said that as a player, you go in in the morning, you do your training session, maybe do a bit in the gym, do a bit of media, sign a few footballs, and then you're home. And when you're home, that's it. You don't think about anything. You just deal with family and all the rest of it. He's, he's sort of said now that, you know, he can never switch off. You know, he's always thinking, do I need to do this with the team? Do I need to think about this? Do I need to look at the game again just to sort of see if I've, I've missed anything? You know, 24-7, you know, he's always thinking about it. Is that something we maybe need to remember that this is a guy, you know, we've only had him for, what, six, seven months? And that's how long he's been in the job of management. You know, this is his first post. Do we maybe need to remember that sometimes? I think we do. Um, I didn't read the article because I think you had to subscribe or something to that, something like that, and I was too mean to do it. Um, so I would really like somebody to copy and copy paste and paste it, it. Um, onto <laughs> the internet, please. I think I think uh, if you if you subscribe, you get so many free reads. You do, so you don't actually pay. You, you, right, but if you're not going to give your details or something, anyway, never no, mind that. No, I've, I've, I've registered I've registered, and I got it for nothing. All right, okay, well, maybe do that then, because I, I was desperate to read it, because it gives you a wee snippet, and then you have to, you yeah. have to register. But yeah, obviously, yes, a rookie manager, we did, we, take, we took a chance, um, we took a gamble, and I think it's, definitely going to pay off I think he's a winner I think yeah he's made mistakes um and as long as long as you learn from your mistakes there's absolutely nothing wrong with making a mistake um I think he's just fabulous uh, I just I just love him so much <laughs> oh dear you, could, could um, never, you, you would never tell Christine honestly you hide it well Really, really. <laughs> you do. I'm still trying to get a cup of coffee with him, but um, hey ho, maybe you never maybe know. One day. Never know what will happen. Um, but no, seriously, I think he's as Stevie said, is exactly what we want as a Rangers manager. He should be. He's respected. I mean, you can see actually when some of the smaller team, well. In fact, they're all small teams, really, when you think about it, if you compare them with CVG. But they actually love the fact that he he shakes their hands after games. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I think he's obviously felt that that was important when he was a player. And I think that's why he's doing it. But I think he did exactly the, the right thing yesterday after uh, Celtic Park. I think he did exactly the right thing turned his back on them, concentrated on our players and, you know, get it right up you, Celtic. Quite right, quite right. I, one of the things I've enjoyed about him, I mean, I do think he's, there, there are things during his time at Rangers he's got wrong. Uh, some of his 
you know, his substitutions have been questionable. Obviously, the likes of Ajaria, a couple of others of, you know, in terms of the players that he brought in, haven't quite worked. But I think, you know, as you say, Christine, if you learn from mistakes and move on, and I think yesterday he showed that he, he, he can get the best out of this, this team. And if he, if, he, if he buys well in January or does good business in January, then, you know, we'll be there or thereabouts. But one of the best things I like about him, uh, and I'll come to you in this, Stephen, is how he deals with the press, how he deals with the media. Now, as you say, when you compare it with, with, with Murray, who always, again, I don't want to be too disrespectful because I just think the job was too big for Murray. You know, I think what he's doing now is his level in terms of his capabilities and, and football management. So I don't want to be, be too hard on Murray, but you can see the difference in how Stevie G deals with, with the media. And he can deal with the media in that way because, you know, he's, 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 he can back it up. You know, he's, he's playing career. You know, no one can argue with that. No one can argue with the, 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 the fact that he was a world-class player. You know what he done in his in his playing days. You know Istanbul and all the rest of it. That's why when he barks at a reporter and says oh, that's a stupid, 